<laughs> we thank you for your presence today, God. <laughs> we just thank you for being with us today. We thank you for meeting us together again. And we just ask that you would continue to make yourself known today and through our speaker. Thank you, God. You can all be seated. Good morning. As many of you know, um, we we had an announcement uh, that we were doing a creative session. Um, well, one and two, part two, one and two. And our speaker, if you can't tell, <laughs> ta-da, um, is elder, prophet, missionary. I always do this. I give her all these, <laughs> I mean, because it is, you know, that's. It's, it's who she is. Um, so I have the opportunity to introduce her. Now, a lot of us um, have been a part of the ministry for quite some time. Some of us have some level of relationship, or if this is your first time being introduced to her. Um, let me first by saying creativity isn't something that is, is a stretch for her. She may say that sometimes, but it's not. Um, anybody who comes across her, she encourages you to be creative, not in like your own way, but in understanding that creativity first came from God. That's where it originates from. And she is a huge encouragement, not only to this ministry, but to um, the body of Christ and even to people that is not even in uh, the body of Christ, even on her job and even out in uh, the business area. And so... We have the privilege of starting the creative session off with elder, prophet, missionary, serial entrepreneur, mother, wife, daughter, uh, uh, Tasha Branham. Brandy cracks me up. She's one of those people that will just come and look at you and you'll just break into tears. I'll be like... Dang it, Brands. <laughs> she just has that that presence. Um, so I reached out to um, Elder Rochelle and Minister Brandy several weeks ago, and I said, I feel like the Lord has put on my heart to do a creative session for the women's ministry. You know, um, would you be okay if I did that? Elder Rochelle was like, you want to do a Saturday? <laughs> I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, you know, let me get on my face and, and try to put some stuff together. So for the last several weeks, I've been kind of meditating on it um, outside of just, you know, functioning and creativity. Um, I try to make that a practice. Um, I'm insanely passionate about it, insanely passionate about it. I could talk about it all day. Um, we could be somewhere in a car stuck on the side of the road, and I'm going to figure out a creative way to get us home just because, you know, I've just, God has just graced me to tap into that power. It's not anything special about me, not anything in me that you don't have. I'm not like, I don't have this special strain of DNA, you know, that no one else can have. And I'm just this part of this elitist group, 
You know, it's, it's nothing like that. You know, I'm no different than everybody else in this room. Um, so just a little bit about me. I'm going to try to pace myself, but I'm going to try not to take, my, take up all your time today. Um, so I, at heart, I am an artist. Um, you know, I love creativity. I've been an artist as long as I can remember. Many of you know my brother, um, Armand. He is an artist in a different form. He does music. Um, he's into fashion. He's a beautiful writer. Um, but we come from a family of artists. Um, some function in it. Some have, you know, like many of us, allowed life to kind of eat away at that. Um, so I have, there's musicians in my family. There's seamstresses in my family. There's chefs in my family. There's entrepreneurs. There's designers. There's painters. It's just as long, it's just that artist strain is in my DNA. My kids are artists. Um, whether you like to look at him in this facet or not, my husband is insanely creative. It looks different than mine, but he is very much. Um, but at heart, I'm an artist. So outside of entrepreneurship, for me, that's just another form of art. Um, my house has about 40 plants, actually 31, nine, one died, so I have to replace it immediately. So I got to keep my numbers up. To me, taking care of a living thing is a form of art. It's a form of ingenuity. It's a form of creativity. And I've loved art since I was a child. I was the kid in class who got all of the bad grades because I was staring out the window, and instead of doing my work, I was drawing pictures of people or things on my work. So I would get, like, the first three or four problems done, and I would just abacadabra the rest all the way down, and I would just draw on the back of my paper, the desk, my hand, clothes, anything else I could find, I would draw on it. So come parent-teacher conference, um, when my mom would come in, the teacher would be like, Mrs. Goss, this is just, this is just the, the history of your daughter's work. And it would be F after F after F. But I would have some immaculate drawings on there, though, you know. Um, so that has, for me, it's created a, a challenge in traditional learning. I was never able to learn in a traditional classroom setting. Um, when you are more bent towards the artistic side of things, standing in a lecture-type setting um, for somebody teaching one specific way to you, doesn't, that didn't work for me. So very early on, I learned to take on art as a refuge. Um, had a, bit, a, a pretty rough upbringing as a child. Um, I dealt with a lot of bullying, because um, I was always the odd man out. We moved around a lot in the military, so I was always the new girl, which means you know I could let the rejection of the past be the rejection of the past, and I could take on a new personality and be a new person. But art wasn't always welcomed then as it is now. We're in a different dispensation, a different time now, and everybody's trying to express their individuality, but that hasn't always been a thing. So I remember specifically one day, you know, I used to draw, like, people, draw stuff out of magazines. Like, I could literally, like, draw anything, just untrained, just natural, raw talent. And I was a teenager. My parents were gone. I had these two boys over, which is already, I'm in trouble and we were doing stuff, smoking stuff. We had no business smoking, and we were just in a mess. And I, I left out some of my drawings, and I think I was drawing a picture of Tyra Banks, and I thought it looked like Tyra Banks. Apparently, they didn't. And I was in another room, and they began to say, like, yeah, she tried. Girl, please, like, just, just, just no, Tasha, just no. And that day, in 1996, I put my pencil down, and I stopped drawing because of something, I'm not still sad about it, I promise. It's just like God's presence has been on me all day and I just can't shake it. But um, I put my pencil down because I let two people who weren't artists tell me that I wasn't an artist either. And I let that follow me throughout life until one day 
when I came to this ministry several years ago, the Lord showed me this dream, and in this dream, I was looking in the mirror. And before I looked in the mirror, I was walking around intermingling with people, and I thought I was fine. I thought I looked good, clothes good, hair looked good, and everything. When I looked in the mirror, I realized that I had somebody else's clothes on. The clothes I had on didn't fit. They were dull in color. Um, they were not even fashionable. And I remember looking in the mirror like, who is that? And the Lord had to show me that over the years, I had begun to put on the garments of everybody else because it was in an attempt to mask who I was and to hide who I was. So um, over the years, he's done a great work of healing me of a lot of that stuff. Parents not understanding that you would rather go to college to learn how to use a paintbrush than trying to go to college to learn how to do, to, to be a lawyer or a doctor, you know. So I went to school to be a nurse, and I hated it. No offense if there's any nurses in the room. That just wasn't for me. I wanted to go and do something with my hands because that's, that's, my, that's what I love to do. And God had to go and undo a lot of the work that was inadvertently done or maybe intentionally done, you know, through my childhood. So I've always loved art. I've always been one that has always tried to be creative in everything, um, you know. But one thing that God has taken, he's taken my past pain, the, the past things that I've gone through, and he's worked them in me to where now I have like an overwhelming passion to help see other people fulfill the creativity that's in them. Um, I have an anointing. I, I say that loosely, but I probably shouldn't to stir the creativity in others. I've heard it said to me sometimes, Tasha, when I'm with you, I just want to do stuff. <laughs> and then when I leave, I don't want to do stuff anymore. You know, but it's just, it's nothing that I do. It's just something that God has put in me. Being a prophet, is, that's the office that I walk in, but I also have an apostolic edge. And if you don't know, one of the gifts that comes with the apostolic office is the ability to activate and to stir others. So no, I'm not an apostle, but I do have that, you know, apostle's edge to my ministry, and that helps me to be able to stir the creativity in, in people that I come in contact with. So today, God has given me a piece of revelation, just a piece of it. You know, we'll never tap God, so I have not arrived. I'm still learning, <laughs> and just what I have learned, I want to share with you today in hopes that God will permit me, you know, this used vessel to be a conduit for whatever he wants to do in here today. So I know we've worshiped and I know we've prayed, but I'm going to pray again. Um, if nothing else, it's for me. So if you could just bow your heads with me. Father, we thank you for today. We don't know what you want to do, but we welcome your presence to do whatever it is you desire, God. We pray, Lord, that you would create in this house an atmosphere for your creativity to flow freely. God, that every seed of creativity, God, that has been choked out by stony soil, God, by stony soil, God that you would remove every stone, that you would remove every label that you remove, every fear, every inhibitor in the name of Jesus, every false definition today, God, that you would remove it in the name of Jesus, that the creativity that you're releasing throughout the earth in this season, in this dispensation, God, that we would be first partakers of it in this apostolic movement, God, in this pioneering movement, God, that you would create in this house, the house of creativity, God, that will flow from the head to the tail, God, that every ministry and auxiliary, God, will experience a revival of fire of creativity, God, that ingenuity would hit the house, God, that inventions would hit the house, God, that we won't think inside of a box, God, but we will tap into your creative power to create things as we speak, God, to create them as we pray, God, that we will take your spirit of creativity with us wherever we go. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place today, God. 
We remove every restriction, God. We don't care how it looks, God, but we just want you to be glorified, God. And we just pray that today that every distraction be removed, that every heart be made pliable in your presence, God, that we may receive all that you have for us today. We release you, spirit of creativity, to do your work in your people today, that you would do the work in our minds and our hearts and our emotions today, that you would go and that you would undo everything that the enemy has done, God, that you would undo every not every every tangle, that every ensnarement that the enemy has set, every generational attack, God, that has been launched against your creativity flowing in us and through us will be broken today in Jesus' name. I speak in this atmosphere victory. I speak and declare that we are overcomers. And I speak, oh God, that today your name be glorified and we release your spirit in this place to have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Terry mess today. Okay, just let me do a quick attendance. I just want to see some hands in here. How many, thank you, two of those, thank you. How many creatives do I have in the room? Okay, just want to take some attendance. So I'm going to ask one question, and I'm going to try to, can somebody be my scribe right on this board for me since I got this mic situation? And you can just alternate colors. Those are my favorite colors right now, so that's why I picked those. <laughs> so can you guys just give me some forms of creativity? When you hear creativity, what are some things that come to your mind? Sewing. Doodling. Wait, hold on. Hold on one second. Sewing. That might be too hard. I was probably being ambitious. Just... <laughs> So you got sewing, doodling, and music. Just, it don't matter. We, we know what you're trying to say. It's cool. You know, when autocorrect is not up there, we don't really know how to spell. <laughs> All right. Yes, ma'am. Writing. Writing, fashion. Sorry, we're going to pause. And singing, okay, so we got writing, fashion, fa- uh, fashion, and singing. Um, I'd be able to write one. Okay. Singing and cooking, yes. <laughs> she she full. <laughs> Who said that problem solving? He said cooking, photography, and problem solving. It doesn't matter. So j- just hang on, guys, one second, and then we'll wrap it up. And then problem solving. Okay. Well, doodling, but you could put art or drawing up there. But we get the gist. So we've got sewing, doodling, music writing, fashion, singing, cooking, photography, and problem solving are all forms of creativity. How many of you in this room feel that you aren't really as creative, but you would, that you're not really creative, but you would like to be? Like, that's something I would like to try to be. Like, I'm not creative now, but I would like to be creative. Okay. Bless you. Can I just get a couple of reasons, and you don't have to write these down. You can have a seat. Thank you. What are some reasons that you would like to be creative or why would why do you want to grow in creativity? I just want to gauge where my people are here in the room. Yes. 
Okay. Mm hmm Okay. So you feel like creativity would help you be more, uh, more of a dynamic preacher. Okay. Yes, you. Budgeting, yep, yes. Mm -hmm. Good, yes. So we got just a general unlocking. We've got you want to be, you feel like it'll help you be more dynamic preacher. You want to leave a legacy behind to the generations that come after you. You want to reconnect with your past creativity and that you, it will, okay, okay. And then you mentioned budgeting also. These are all really good things, and I definitely believe that, you know, creativity will help each of those areas. One thing that I know we say a lot, but I don't know that the revelation has really hit us, is that God made each of us unique, right? Even if we had two identical twins in this room, you'd have two identical twins with unique fingerprints. And even though they look the same, sound the same, and you may not be able to tell them apart, they each have different DNA. So there are no two people on the earth that have the same DNA. Everybody is different. So thinking back to God the Father, God the Creator, we were all created in his image and in his likeness. That's another thing we've heard time and time and time again. Um, and the way he created us, he created us different for a reason, not just because he didn't want to have a bunch of, you know, drone clones circling the earth worshiping us or worshiping him, but I believe that he created us to be different for a reason. Think about this. Why were we even created? Does anybody have like a one-word answer as to why we were created? To worship, right? So do you, God wants a million, billion people to all worship him the same exact way because we the same exact thing, same exact people, the same exact features with the same exact things we like, the same exact things we don't like? How boring would that be? It would almost be predictable, right? I mean, he's God and he knows all things, but... I believe he created us with different DNA, different fingerprints, different personalities, different strengths, different weaknesses. We were created to worship him. But thinking of our uniqueness, God is so amazing. God is so great that he created each of us different so that we can reflect a different capacity for God's love. Right? So we are the only ones, like each one of you in this room, you are the only one on this earth that can express God, the, the love of God, to God the way you do it. Nobody else is fashioned and formed like you. You have a certain expression that nobody else on the earth has or will ever have. For the generations that came before you, for the people that walk this planet now, 
and for the people that come after you, there will, another, there will never be another you that looks like you, sounds like you, worships God like you, and that God loves like you. We are all unique, but it's for purpose. God is so great that thinking about the beginning of time until, you know, the, the second coming, that all of the millions of billions of people that have been created, God created that many people to uniquely express who he is throughout the earth. So we're created to worship him, but we're also created to go and tell the world about him because everybody don't know about God. But if one person, you know, that doesn't have the, the, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ has the same person, looks the same, sounds the same, comes up to them with the same gospel, the same way, but he created us differently, allowed us to experience different things in life so that we can relate to people on different levels. There's a way I can relate to somebody that maybe one, someone in this audience can't relate to based on the way I look. I can relate to Tanika, high water pants. Nobody else that is six feet tall, you know, understands the, the frustration of trying to go find clothes because nothing fits. But Tanika and I can relate on that level because she and I are tall, so there's a certain area of her that she can, whether she's experienced bullying, experienced um, just coming into the acceptance of I'm tall, I'm bold, I'm fearless, I'm beautiful, I am a creature in Christ, whether she had a hard time experiencing and expressing that and receiving that, she and I can identify with one another because we have similarities. Whereas I cannot identify with somebody that's five foot one, no disrespect, I don't know what that's like to be able to find pants that are too long or your feet may be too small and you have to wear kids. I don't know that life, but just then that's just surface level. Um, those are things that we can use to relate to others. So God creates us to be unique so that we can not only relate to one another on different levels, but that so that we can all uniquely express who he is throughout the earth so that it's not the, all around the world the same song. It's a different expression every time. That's how great God is. Just think about that for a minute. God is so great and so magnificent that it takes billions of people to express all that he is. And even in all that, that's still not enough because we will never understand how great he is until we get to go see him face to face. We will never get to experience his glory in the capacity that it, it's, he can express it in these sin-conditioned bodies. We just cannot. But God is so awesome and so amazing. He's like, I'm just going to keep creating different people to uniquely express how great I am because that is how great God is. The thing about creativity is I think it's been often and I honestly just being just admitting it it's taken me a while to even really have an understanding of what it is who is and who isn't. So thinking about God you know he's a creator he's the creator he made us to be like him right so inherently, if God is, a cre is the creator, what does that make any and every human being that walks this earth? Exactly. We are all creative. So say this with me. I am creative. It is my job to figure out what it looks like and how God wants to use it. Because we are all different, this is something that we have to accept. Um, it doesn't... Be, just because someone has a quote-unquote way of expressing creativity that may be more obvious 
than someone else or more earthly accepted than somebody else doesn't diminish the creative power that's in each and every one of you sitting in this room. Everybody has the same spirit of God on the inside of them. We were all created. Whether you are a believer or whether you are not a believer, we are all humans. We are creative. Unfortunately, those that are not believers take the gift and pervert it to use it to glorify themselves in the world, but that's a whole other story. So just because you don't do something that somebody else does does not make you inferior. If I paint and you don't, that doesn't make me more creative than you. It just doesn't. If you can draw beautifully and I draw stick figures, that doesn't diminish my creativity. Maybe, just maybe, you know what, maybe I'm really good at numbers. That's, that's my thing, right? I can uh, work numbers this way, crunch them this way, that way, the third. That's creativity. Just because it's in accounting doesn't mean that it's not creative because it's not in writing or producing. It's still creativity. Whether you are an engineer or whether you are a, a whether you, I don't know, whether you're a cashier, you are creative. As a cashier, you can take that job and that profession and say, okay, God, how can I creatively arrange these these uh, cans on this shelf so to maximize the sales in this store. We got this product that's not selling. How, wh- how can I rearrange this so that when the people come in, they see this first? Is there something I can say about this product uniquely to get more people to buy it? Is there something I can do in the store that creates an atmosphere where people feel welcome and want to spend more time here? That's creativity. Just because it's not with a paintbrush or in Photoshop doesn't mean that it's not creative. So the world has taken something that God has and ascribe its own meaning to it. So much so that when I ask you, give me some forms of creativity, everybody says art. Sewing, doodling, music, writing, fashion. And those are all, crea- those are all creative things. But that is not creativity that, without the, with the exception of problem solving, that is art. There is a difference between art and creativity. You can be an artist okay, and be creative, but you, just because you're creative doesn't mean you're inherently an an artist. But the world says, if you're creative, you got to take stuff and make it pretty. I expect you to sew. I expect you to paint. I expect you to sculpt. I expect you to write. I expect you to do multiple things. I expect you to style hair. I expect you to be into fashion. I expect you to sketch. That's what I expect because that is what I have ascribed creativity to. But when you don't have revelation of who God is and what creativity is used for, you have no other option but to allow the world to put definition on something that originated with God. The world says that creativity is artistic and that our jobs as creatives is to make things pretty for others to marvel at. I can't, you would think that with creativity there's freedom, but I can't tell you how many times I've been put in the box by people like, oh, you're a designer, you, you, you draw, can, can you just make something pretty? It's like, no, don't put me in a box. Yeah, I can draw and make stuff pretty, but I can write, I can come up with strategy, I'm super innovative, I can come up with ideas and concepts to the cows come home, I can cook, I can sew, I can do math, I can do it all. Don't limit me to just, just turn a trick, Tasha, make this pretty, Tasha. And a lot of times as a freelancer, I would get clients and I would say, well, you know, these are the services I can offer, what do you want to pay for? Well, just, just, just make me a logo. 
can come up with a strategy that can impact your business and shift it to where you can come off your job within six months if you would let me help you develop and devise a marketing strategy and plan for your business. But because you've only allowed me to function in the capacity of making something pretty as an artist and not tapping into my ability to create with my mind, you've limited what you can receive from me. How many people have come into your life that you've placed in a box that I can only get this from them because that's, that's the label I have on them. They can't speak into any other area of my life. They can't impact anything else in my life because this is what I've seen them do. That is what they do. They can't give me how many Miss Kairos moments have we had since we're talking about Kairos in this season? How many Miss Kairos moments have we had because we haven't discerned what all we are supposed to glean from a person or glean from a people or in a situation that's going to take us to the next level. And now we're going into this next place unprepared because we've ascribed a certain definition and term and ability to a thing or a person, and we have completely and totally missed the God in it. The way world ha- the world has described the definition of creativity they have perverted it in such a way that it's very it's it's self-serving. Oh, you don't believe that? Let's talk about it just for a hot second. So, creativity in the world is self-serving. So, every artist in the world that makes paintings just for other people to see and to acknowledge that they painted them, who is that serving? Them. But who's the author of creativity? So, if you are a believer and you are creative in an artistic form, when you are making things with your hands, who then should be getting the acknowledgement and the glory out of what you do? You see the difference. It's a demonic strategy. Let me help you, people of God, in the season that we're in, that the enemy is taking the things of God still to this day and just continually, not just perverting them once and for all, but continuing to pervert them in such a way that even in this day and age of, of, of individuality, it's all about self, me. I want to be different. I want to look different. I want to be my own person. I want to be a designer so that people can look at my work and, and marvel at how, how good I am and how creative I am. So if, if you came to the session today with, I want to be more creative so that I can produce more things with my hands so I can show everybody how great, great I am, I pray today that there's a change and a shift in the way that you think so that now the things that you do with your hands are used to glorify God. The things that you paint aren't just for you to post online to say that I painted them, but that you can begin to pray before you indulge in creative things to say, God, how do you want to use this to draw more people to you? Is there a message behind the colors that I use? Is there a message behind the textures that I use that when people look at this object that your healing power is released? Can you give me the thing that somebody is going to need as they scroll across my account and they see the thing that captures their eye? And really what I want them to see is not the picture, but the caption that's in inviting them to come to the kingdom, or maybe it's the word of encouragement that is going to precede it. That is one way that you can take the things that you do. That's, and I'm just, that's just the art form. We haven't even really gotten into creativity yet, but that's just the art form and taking that and say, okay, okay, devil, I see 
you know, what you've done with creativity. The world has gotten a hold of it, and now it's all about me, my acknowledge me. I'm the great Michelangelo. I'm the great this artist. I'm going to paint this stuff and have it put in a museum somewhere so that so people can come and stand and marvel at my work. I want my name to be on, on clothing tags so that everybody can wear my garments and feel extra special because you can only purchase this at Nordstrom's, which means the quality is good. I want to be acknowledged, which means you're saying, God, I know you're the creator, but I'm going to step in front of you because I want the acknowledgement. I want the worship. I want the, the idols. I want to be the idol. I want people to marvel after the things that I've put my hands to. So I know it came from you, but let me get some shine for a minute. Let me grow my following. Let me increase my influence so that I can feel better about myself. That is what the world has done with creativity, and it's essentially tried to take it out of God's hands. But in this season, what God is trying to do is take what the world has perverted, and he's trying to call the church back into creativity because what has happened is the church has allowed the world to be the inventors, the innovators, the trendsetters. When a hip-hop song or a rap song is released with a catchy hook, what does the church do? We take it and we make it for God versus saying, like, I don't need to follow your trends. Because the creator, guess what? His power lives on the inside of me. You may be creative in his image. However, I got this thing on the inside of me called the Holy Spirit. So I can ask the Holy Spirit, show me what's been a trend. Show me the next idea. Give me a multi-million dollar idea so that I can then go and bless the kingdom with it and give you all the glory. We should be the trendsetters. We shouldn't be the ones behind the curve. The church is so behind the curve. Most churches are not on social media. Most churches uh, detest technology that is not of God. And a lot of the music that we listen to in Christianity is decades behind because we don't understand how to tap into the creative innovative power of God. But that is the season in which we are in that God is releasing a new spirit of creativity throughout the earth where he's saying, my people have been in the shadows long enough. My people have spent enough time not getting acknowledged. I'm ready for my shine and my glory. And I'm ready to say that I created creativity, even though the enemy has taken it and tried to pervert it. So in this season, we're going to turn the tide. We're going to switch the table. And my people are going to do greater things. Because what the word says is that we were created to do greater things than greater works, right? We were called to do greater works. Have we been doing greater works, though? And why not? Because we have not understood and tapped into the creative power of God. Because we think that creativity is all about making things pretty, not understanding that creativity has many faces, many facets. And until we tap into that power, you'll never see the dead rays. You'll never watch a leg grow out. You'll never spit in the mud and wipe it on somebody's eyes so that the blind eyes can now see. You won't see those things because those are creative mirrors. So let's look at the definition of creative. Create means to bring something into existence. That's what Merriam-Webster says, what they say, which is very broad. So looking at the Bible, there are at least three different types of creativity in the Bible. There was, I read that there was four, but I couldn't, just couldn't, the, the fourth one just, just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So we're going to stick with at least being three. So the first one is uh, bara, spelled B-A-R-A. And it means to create, shape, or form, or fashion um, of new conditions and circumstances, transformations, um, heaven, earth, miracles, something new, um, something cut down, cut out, creator. Only God's creative activity can be described by this verb. Okay, so there's, you got the word creativity, 
but there are different, you know, there's, there's always like multiple words in the Hebrew dictionary. We, we're the only ones with just like one word for everything. Ascribe your own meaning to it. But the Hebrew dictionary be like, nah, that word can mean like two different things. So bara, when you talk about, when we go and when we read um, Genesis, when we talk about creation, how God created the earth and the heavens, that's bara because we can't do that. That's creativity, but we can't do that. I don't care how uh, advanced science is going to get. They ain't going to never be able to create no planets out of nothing. Who do you know can speak something and it happens? Humans will never be able to have that power. I don't care how much you incantate, how much blood you smear. The occult will never be able to mimic that. They might try it, but they cannot. Who else can form man out of the dust of the ground and then combine that dust with a rib and make a woman? Who else can do that? Who else can create in you a clean heart? Nobody else can do that. That's the creative power of God. Who else can renew your mind? Who else can redeem you? Nobody. That's the creative power of God. So that's creativity, but that's, that's God all by himself. That we, we can't take no credit for it. We can't even like act like we're just going to stand next to him for some shine. We can't hold a candlestick to God's creativity. So the next uh, form of creativity is also spelled A-S-A-H. It means to do, to fashion, to accomplish, to make by labor, uh, to make gold and silver, as in um, prepare, make ready for food. Um, so Genesis 1.11 says, and God says, let, their, uh, let the earth bring forth grass, uh, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit yielding uh, tree after its own kind, whose seed is uh, in itself upon the earth, and it was so. So that's something humans can do. Women, anyway, we produce breast milk. That's creative. You create milk. That's creativity. You can create these, milk come out of that, and babies live on it. So that is creativity. See how creativity is not all about canvases and fabric and clay and paint? Creativity, your body can actually create milk. Cows, any, any uh, mammal can create milk. That's, that's also Um in addition to that, uh, fruit, because fruit can produce after its own kind. When a fruit a seed is planted in the ground and a tree grows, each fruit you cut, I mean, not today, because with GMOs you can't, like, plant seeds anymore like that. you got to get, like, fresh seeds or graft a tree or something like that. Um, but <laughs> you, fruit and vegetables fall under this creativity because they can create additional fruits and vegetables based on the fact that it contains its own seed. But that's a form of creativity that's in Genesis, Surprise! There's so many forms of creativity in the Bible. So the last one, yatsar, Y-A-T-S-A-R, um, to form, to fashion, to frame through the squeezing of shape, especially as the potter frame, uh, to preordain, to plan, to form in the mind. Um, so when you think about the scripture that in Isaiah that says that our father is the potter and we are the clay, that's creativity, but that is the yatsar uh, definition of creativity it's forming with hands when he created adam he created adam out of the dust so he didn't create adam out of nothing when like when he created when when god said with his words let there be light let there be a lesser light let there be the the firmament let there be you know this that that when he began to walk through 
creating the universe. He was just speaking things, and they would come into existence. But when man came into play, he, Yatsar, he created him out of the dust of the ground. When woman came, it was the same type of creativity. But these are all forms and fashions of creativity. So those of you that might be into, like I know Brandy has done pottery, that would fall under that form of creativity. If you form something in your mind and you do it with your with your hands, maybe you make jewelry. Maybe sewing would fall under that because you're making something out of your hands, okay? So when you see um, a lot of these artistic expressions fall under that category of creativity. So let's just look at the definition of art so that we can just continue to separate those two and not ever merge them again as if they are the same thing because they are not. Art is the expression or application of human creative skill and imagination. So however that looks, that is your, I always say that art is an outward expression of what's in here. So that's basically the same thing. It's the expression or application of human creative skill and imagination. So that's where you get the music, the doodling, the writing, the fashion, um, the singing, the photography, the cooking, the sewing. All of that is an artistic form because that is an expression. And an artist is someone who produces those things. So to produce those things well, anyway, I know, you know, there's some of these things that, like, I would like to do better, but I may not be. So, like, I just kind of do them, but that doesn't make me a this. So an artist is one that does one of those things um, as a profession or a hobby. So a lot of times since we've really kind of been brought up in this society where we've confused the two, um we have often thought that if I can't paint or draw, I'm just, I'm just not creative. I'm not creative like you. I mean, you're just so creative. I mean, I wish I was, but I'm really not because I can't do what you do. And that's because of the lies that have been ascribed to creativity. Um, but creativity, we know, just based on those definitions and some of the things I've laid out, are not limited to those things. Creativity is also the ability and skill to use our imagination to create and solve. Laura talked about having creativity so that she can budget better. That's creativity. I can be creative with money. I can figure out where to pull it from, how to save it, how to, where to invest it. That is creativity. Making your money make money for you, that is creativity. Creativity is I got a can of beans, a, a cube of, ch- of chicken broth, solid broth, and a, a bag of rice. How can I feed six people? Creativity. That's what we can say, Holy Spirit. I need this meal to last two, maybe three days. Can you show me what I need to do and put together in order to th- that this meal can feed my family? That's creativity. At work and you get a huge rip in your, your cl- and I got a presentation. Oh, my gosh, Holy Spirit, how can I, I can't get home. What can I do creatively that can mask this so I'm not up there embarrassing myself? That's creativity. Creativity is, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm up here at the altar praying for this woman or this man of God right now. How do you want me to minister to them? What, what do you want me to do? Do I, I sense that they need healing or deliverance in this area? Do I just lay hands on them and pray? Do I just join hands with them and pray? Um, do I just stand and let you know, somebody else pray, and I just kind of support, am I the catcher? Or do you say, okay, Holy Spirit, I remember reading my New Testament, and I remember Jesus performing so many miracles and and ministering to people in so many different capacities. What is the, the creativity that you've given me? 
how do I now flip that and switch it and turn that on and use that creative power in how I minister and how I prepare messages and how I build relationships and how um and just how I how I do everyday life creativity if you, it's almost like a muscle. So we're all born creative. Like you remember being a kid, drawing stuff in class all the time. To me, it's like it's like therapy to be in art. Honestly, like if you're stressed, I just I just color or paint. But like our creativity looks different and will manifest itself in different forms depending on age, circumstances throughout life. And that's how I was saying earlier when God creates us to be different and he creates us to be individuals that that is for a reason because he wants to use you in a unique way. Maybe when you come up to the altar and minister to somebody, maybe you're not just laying hands and praying on somebody. Maybe God has given you something uniquely where you're like, man, I feel like I'm supposed to blow in her eye, but I don't know. Breath is not fresh, so I'm just going to pray, right? But that's not the ministry that God has given. I mean, if he's telling you, to, if he uses you in blowing a lot, you just need to keep mints on deck and gum, you know, because you, you don't want to be disobedient. You don't want to offend nobody and kill the spirit because your breath is offensive. However, you know, based on how he wants to use your creativity, there may be certain things that he has you do that will enable that person to gain the freedom that they, they want. That's still creativity. So for most of us, it manifests itself in common day-to-day situations. So just me inserting myself in that, there's been instances, and I know my husband has told this story many times, there's been instances when I am trying to fill orders for retailers, and I am out of product, I'm out of a butter, I'm out of this, the jars are gone, I don't have enough, if I order it now, it's going to take a week to get here. I don't have a week because they're going to come pick this stuff up tomorrow. What am I going to do? And there have been instances where I literally played, prayed, Holy Spirit, I'm out of jars. I need two more with two more tops. Or one instance, I needed two more jars and three more tops because I think I had an extra jar or something like that. And I said, I'm out. I've looked in every box in this house. I've looked in every cabinet. I don't have anything. And literally, I felt the Lord say, go look in the box on the table. And I went and looked in the box on the table. And what was in there? Three jars or two jars and three lids. That is creative power. Y'all not clapping because God basically took something that didn't exist and made it exist so that I can fill my order. Right? But that same power that I tapped into, maybe y'all are not excited because you haven't been in a bind before. Maybe you haven't needed anything. Maybe you haven't wanted to experience a healing of a cancerous lump in your breast. But I have, and I have allowed, I have been able to experience the creative power of God working miracles in my body where he says, check the lump. The lump is gone. Go check the box. The box is there. Let me tell you another one. There was an instance where I was a single mother at home with two kids, no job felony on my record, couldn't get a job, didn't have pampers for my kids or anything. Somebody called me and told me, Tasha, I feel like the Lord said, go check your mailbox every day this week. Just check it. I don't know what it is. Maybe he's going to bless you. I checked it day one. It was a book with $60 in it. I checked from a stranger, the return address I had never even heard of creative power of God. But the person on the other end said, okay, God, I hear you saying, send this to Latasha Goss, L-A-T-A-S-H-A, at this address, and I'm going to go buy this book that you told me to. And put Creative people, we can flow in the same creativity every day that week 
I opened the mailbox and there was a book with even more money and even more money and even more money so that I was able to pay my car note, buy food and get my children some pampers because what you don't know is that I was sitting in the house depressed, my hair was falling out and I hadn't eaten in days and I'm trying to find enough calories to breastfeed my youngest boy and ask my brother to ask his girlfriend to bring canned goods by for the other boy because I had one baby daddy in jail and the other one out selling drugs. And I had lost my job because I had just had a baby and I couldn't get another one because I had a criminal record. So even that but God could speak to a stranger from across the country and say, send this amount of money to this address with this book to encourage my daughter who needs me. That is the creative power that we can walk in if we begin to exercise the muscle. God, how do you want to use me today, God? Is there somebody I can bless? Is there a stranger that I can encounter that has never experienced your power and your love, but I carry the seed that they need that I can plant it so that you can send up others to water and that it may grow. God, release your spirit of creativity in this house. God, I pray that you would stir every woman under the sound of my voice and that you would break every chain off every mindset today, God, in the name of Jesus, that we may give you the glory that is just and due to you, God, that we don't continue to withhold you receiving glory because we are too afraid to move because we are not confident and bold enough to be obedient. God, we won't spend another day robbing you of your glory because we refuse to tap into the creative power. God, I pray that you do a work in this place today. The longer we go without exercising that muscle, we sell ourselves short. There are things that we can't do, but you know what? There's grace for that. You don't have to know how to sing the best, but if God says, go sing to that woman over there and tell her I love her, but sing it, you don't know what that's going to unlock. But you're too worried about, God, I can't sing. I'm a sound a mess. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe you did miss, but can anybody... Is it okay? Can anybody use hearing God loves you and I'm going to sing it? Or not use, I should say. Everybody can use it, whether you're a believer or not a believer. If somebody walks up to me today and says, I just want to tell you that God, God said he loves you. For me, even though that's not necessarily changing the trajectory or things that's going on in my life that I'm believing God for, just the fact that he sent somebody to stop and come and interrupt my time, my trip at the grocery store, you care that much about me to step out of time and into somebody else's head to speak to them, to tell them to come encourage me? That is the level of being able to Tap into creative power. Creative power, don't limit yourself by saying, I want to paint better, or that I want to dress more creative, or that I want my hair to look a certain way. Those are things that are self-serving, but what we should endeavor to do is say, God, how do you want to use me today? 
Is there something I can put on that can capture the attention of somebody that needs a prophetic word for you? God, do something creative in me today. God, let me be a conduit today for your creativity. Let me say the thing that's going to change and shift the the business and the, the direction of the company that I work for. God, help me to creatively encourage somebody. God, help me, Lord. Is there something I can do today to give you glory? God, work the creative power in me. My money's not long enough. God, show me how to be creative with my money. God, where my checks are not short. God, show me, God. I don't have the qualifications, God, but I want to give you glory. I want to show the people that you can get a job without having the degree that your resume doesn't have to line up because when you have the Spirit of God working for you and when you have the creative power working on the inside of you, you are giving an opportunity for God to show off. I just want to show off and get the acknowledgement that's due to me. And that doesn't sound no kind of way. When I first got saved, I'll be like, why God want all this credit? Like, you God, you don't need credit. We want credit for the little raggedy stuff we do. Look, I did this. I, I did it in different colors. Give me some acknowledgement. I wrote in a straight line. You didn't create no planets, though. When's the last time you created in somebody a clean heart? At the name of your name, do demons tremble? You don't, you know, so we, we take every opportunity to give God glory because he deserves it. Can't nobody else do like God do. Ain't no deity, no other false God, no idol, no Muhammad, no Buddha, nobody that worships at the shrine of this self-care movement in which I hate, by the way. Because it's all centered around idolatry and saying you can heal yourself, you can take care of yourself, you can pour into yourself. Well, you don't even have the capacity to take your next breath, but you're going to self-care? I don't know about you, but everything that I get comes from heaven. My health comes from heaven. My favor comes from heaven. My, my healing and my redemption comes from heaven. My forgiveness comes from heaven. I was reading somebody's status today. She said, I, I gave myself permission to, to, uh, to free myself. How? Where, where did you do that at? Free yourself from what? That movement is satanic, and it comes from hell, by the way. So I hope that you're not one that follows and, 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 and buys into that demonic uh, mantra of self-care because it's straight from hell. So what the, the, the good thing about creative is when you allow yourself to be creative, the more you think and act creatively, the more creative you become, right? So like exercising a muscle, Tanika, hey, I'll put that in there for you. Like exercising a muscle, the more you use them, the stronger they become. Have you heard of a term called uh, muscular atrophy? So that basically means when you don't, exercise and work out your muscles and build their strength over years they diminish they become flabby they become more dense creativity is no different so many of you are in this room dealing with muscular atrophy in your creativity because over the years the enemy has done things he has sent people very early on he gets you early you know whether you're a child or a teenager he gets you for you become an adult you you didn't, everybody in here that men got by somebody that has spoken something, either not knowing no better, knowing some better, whether it be family members, children at school, something we all have been got. He didn't got him. We all have been shot, right? But 
I just thank God that it's, God is like, it's never too late. It's never too late. You may have stopped doing the thing 20 or 30 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, but it's never too late to pick it back up. Like if Sarah can have a baby in her 90s, God has not forgotten, and God's saying there is still time to work that muscle. There is still time for you to flex it and strengthen it so that I can get glory out of it. So let's talk about the, the, the this ain't in my notes. I hope I don't bunny trail and lose my place. So let's just even talk about working out for a minute, just for a hot second. You know, after a while, you, you know, you got your, your 10-pound dumbbell, and you know, you, 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 you doing it. Couple yeah, after a couple of weeks or whatever, you start to notice some definition. You start feeling yourself or whatever. You might up your your reps and you might up your sets and things like that to where instead of doing three sets of twenty five, now you're doing three sets of hundred because you know I'm getting strong now. But after a while, you like these muscles not growing no more. They just kind of stopped. What do you do next to begin to continue to build that muscle? And you increase the weight. So with creativity. Even today, if you say, you know what, God, I'm going to start endeavoring to allow you to use me to be creative, what do you want me to do? He might give you something small today like blah, 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 blah. I couldn't think of nothing. And you do that, and then he might give you something else, and then something else, and then something else. And after a while, he's going to say, okay, you know how God do that thing where, like, I woke up every morning, and I prayed, and I read my Bible, and God's presence fell. And I did that every day for a year, and it was amazing. Now when I do it, I don't feel his presence anymore. And it's because God is like, okay, I'm going to step back a little bit further. Now, I want you to give me a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Same thing with the muscle of creativity. So you might start off, you know, he, he's such a gentleman. He'll start, he, I don't know, he, he might start you off. I'm not, like, making no disclaimer that it's going to be easy. He might start you off, like, with some trigonometry type stuff, you know, because he's God, he do what he want to do. But he, he, he typically will woo you and start you off slow. But after a while, it's going to be, it's going to intensify. Like your faith has to grow. Like, okay, I know last time I had you call your friend and tell your friend that God loves her. Now I want you to go to the mall and just sit in the food court and wait until you see somebody that walked past you with a yellow shirt. So you, you scared, but you do it. But then you see, you go to the mall and you're like, okay, God, I don't see nobody with no yellow shirt. God is like, okay, just, just give it a few minutes. And when they cross your path, you need to walk up to them. And you need to say that I feel like God wants me to hug you, and I'm just going to hug you. And when you do that, every demonic oppression that they've been battling and wanting to fight through over the years is going to be broken off of their life. So you sit there, you sit there. So then you see this person with the yellow shirt, but they're not by themselves. You be like, God, you play too much. <laughs> you didn't say they was going to be with 10 other people and that they were all going to look like gangsters. Like, you didn't, you didn't tell me that. Now I'm scared. But God is like, you said you wanted me to get glory, Right? You said you wanted the creativity in you to grow. You got to keep flexing and exercise that muscle. So it may look different than each and every one of you, depending on your walk, your call, the things you've been through, and the things that, you know, you can identify with, with other people. If you are somebody that has maybe walked through, um, I don't know, maybe you're someone that has struggled in your sexuality, so because of that, you can identify with somebody that is in that lifestyle that wants to come out. Not saying that somebody else can't, but you can understand the temptation and the turmoil and the anguish more than someone else can. So God can use that the enemy tried to pervert in you in a creative way to say, 
I'm going to give you a ministry that is going to minister to people who are struggling with and grappling with their identity and their sexuality. And I'm going to use you much like, um, you know, I sent my son to go get the children out of Israel. I'm going to use you as a conduit to go and grab them out of bondage and bring them into my house. But you would never know that if you're too afraid to flow in creativity. If you think that ministry is just, I get up and preach when I'm told, I come, I, I run the camera, I clean the bathrooms. You can do that in excellence, but God is, God like a whole lot of shine. He like, he, God be wanting everybody to know, I, look, I did this. I'm showing all the way off because I want, I, want I want my props, I want my acknowledgement. Everyone in this room is called to greatness in some capacity. Now, what that looks like, I cannot say. But it's typically interwoven in the things that God has delivered you and brought you out of and how he wants to use you. That's typically how it works. You know, it's, you, you don't grow up hating kids and God call you to kids ministry. That's just not how that works. You know, a God can do what he want to do, but he typically puts the desire of your heart in you. He creates the desire of your heart. And places it on the inside of you. That's that creative power that only God can do. We, we can't put the desire in somebody's heart. I mean, we women, so we be trying to make people desire stuff. But, like, that ain't, that ain't the desire we're talking about today. So we have to resolve with ourselves and flip the switch in our mind that, in the way we think of ourselves, beginning now, that once today is done, that once this message is done, we need to resolve it. I am creative, and I'm going to be creative in the things of God. I'm not going to be stuck in my mind. I'm not going to think myself out of it. I'm not going to wait on 10 people to prophesy before I am comfortable enough to prophesy. I'm not going to wait until I see somebody else do uh, start a ministry before I launch mine. I'm not going to do that because that is not allowing God's creativity to flow and function at its capacity. What that is in turn doing is diminishing and smothering it. It's smothered. It's smothered. You might see a little trickle of it here, there, everywhere, but it's smothered. And God can't get the maximum glory out of your life because you've smothered the spirit of creativity from functioning and flowing in you and through you. God said, like, did you not see? Let's just go back a little bit, okay? Let's just go back to the New, to the Old Testament. You know I'm an Old Testament. I, I love the Old Testament. Like, love it. It's just, it's like a soap opera. It's, there's, like, drama. There's suspense. There's, there's, uh, there's murders, there's scandal. It's just full of it, right? So let's just go back and, and, and look at uh, Moses and Aaron. Just, 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 we'll just, just, you know, we won't go into each, each thing, but we're just going to overview Moses. So, so Moses had this stick, right? You know, this was a bad stick. I mean, you know, this stick was parting waters. It was making water come out of rocks. I mean, it was turning into a snake. I mean, he was like, he was dunking on Pharaoh like every time he would come to the palace, he'd do that, Pharaoh. You know, and then the magicians would come. And, but after a while, it was even some stuff that the magicians was like, bro, you done made somebody mad. I think you should just let them folks go, you know. But that's the creative power. It's a stick. A ratchet, raggedy, bug-infested, splintery stick. But God is like, I'm going to take this stick and let me let – me, Watch, watch me work. Watch me take this stick. And by the hand of this stick, I'm about to set all my children free. By this stick, I'm about to lead them into a land flowing with milk and honey. With this stick, they're going to begin to know that I am their God and that they are my people. With a stick, y'all, a stick. 
Don't matter if the stick was tall, walking staff, whatever. It was a stick. That is why I believe God got so angry at Moses when Moses said, you want water? I'm going to give you water. God was like, hmm, okay. Won't be entering the promised land. Check. You just sit outside here till the rest of y'all die off. But God is like, you're not going to take my shine. You didn't make that water come out the rock. I did. So what do we do when we try to parenthetically insert ourselves like, okay, look at me. I'm the creative one. My ministry is this. I can make clothes. I can sew. I can sculpt. Look at me. Look at me. This is what I can do. But you can only do that because God gave you the ability. Without the God-given ability, you wouldn't be able to do any of it. But the world has contorted that kind of stuff where it's like, I want the credit. I want the acknowledgement. Look at what I can do. Look at me. That's not allowing, that's not, that's, that's not how this works. <laughs> that's not how creativity works. Creativity is there only for the purpose of giving God glory. He made it. He came up with it because he is it. And he loved us enough to be like, I want you to be like me. So I'm going to put a little bit of that on the inside of you. Now go create so I can get glory out of it. So the children of Israel, I always talk about them. I remember a couple years ago, the Lord was like, just do a study on the children of Israel. And I was in the children of Israel, I kid you not, for like two years. Um, so I, I preach about Israel a lot. So much to learn from those guys. But, you know, during those 40 years when they were in the desert, 40 years in the desert, 40 years in the desert, 40 years in the desert. If it's July and I'm outside for 15 minutes, I'm like, I need some air. It's hot. My eyebrows are coming off. It's hot. 40 years in the desert. Not like, not to say, and I'm not talking about like, you know, California desert, you know, Arizona. We in the Middle East. We like over there in the desert. That's a whole different heat. They're way closer to the equator. 40 years, and they woke up every morning, fresh manna. Every day, manna. 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 Every day, creative power. God is like, I'm not going to let y'all starve. I'm not going to let your clothes wear out. What kind of God would I be if I delivered you from, from slavery to let you come and die in the wilderness? You hot from walking through the desert of sand and you thirsty? Ain't no water here in the desert? Don't even worry about that because my creative power can make water come out of a rock. Who else can do that? I had such a hard time trying to figure out where I was going to draw creative references from in the Bible. You want to know why? Because every page is full of it. There is creativity on every page. Every book, every story, creativity. You ever want creativity? Stop going to these conferences trying to get an impartation of creativity. Stop reading books and trying to, I, I just want to just, I just, I just need them to lay hands. Stop doing that. You want creative inspiration? Go pick up your Bible. Every business name I've ever come up with, you know where it come from? Out the scriptures. Holy Spirit, what do you want this to be called? How should this logo look? How should I craft this story? Well, show me the words to write on this page so that it can capture the attention of people. What store should I be in? What store should I not be in? 
Which opportunity should I take advantage of? Which investor should I work with? Because I don't know tomorrow. God, what's the next trend? I prayed and I said, Lord, give me an app idea that's going to make a million dollars. Guess what God did? Gave me an app idea. So guess what I'm doing? Trying to find a developer. So much so, and this is just, and this is nothing about me. I am no different than nobody in this audience, but God has allowed me to experience what it's like when you exercise that creative muscle and don't care looking, that you look like a fool. I don't care. I spent way too many years caring about what other people think that didn't even walk in the fullness and the revelation that I've had the pleasure and the experience and the privilege to walk in. I just don't care. I do not care. Ask me if I care. I don't care. I don't care what nobody think about how I dress. I don't care. I don't care what nobody say about my art. I don't care. I don't care about um, anything negative. When I, had to, when I went into Walmart, um, there was a company that was like, you changed your name? I don't really like that. I don't care. My name came from the scriptures. I don't care. And that's almost like the righteous indignation that you have to walk in. I don't care that it looks silly that when I pray for people, I slap them in the belly. I don't care that it looks disgusting that I spit in my hands and and put it on the woman's leg and her leg was healed. I don't care. And I'm not saying be dishonorable with it. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is we care way too much about the thoughts and opinions of others because, let me be honest with you, let me let you in on a little secret. People that are confident in who they are and confident in who God has made them to be, they don't have time to question you or what you're doing, to criticize you, to say what you're doing, look silly. They don't have time for that. You want to know why? Because they're too busy giving God glory. So you have to understand that when somebody is saying something, coming at you, looking at you, that ain't even about you. It's about them. They need to go resolve that with God. So you need to have a look. This is what God told me to do. I don't care what it looks like. And it took me years to get to that place where, I'm going to be is, I guess you want to categorize it, as weird as weird can weird. I'm going to like the music that I like. I'm going to be into the hobbies that I like. I don't care. I'm going to shave my head completely bald. I don't care. I'm going to dye it pink. I don't care. I'm going to go walk up to that stranger and give them my coat. I don't care. I'm going to send an email to a stranger on Facebook because God gave me a dream about a complete stranger and told me to tell them to repent. Whether they receive or not, it's out of my hands. But that is the level that God has called us to walk in. And we don't ever really know how God wants to use us because we often talk ourselves right out of it. Before we can even, it can even get started. I didn't, you, didn't, you didn't presented your case to yourself. You had your attorney come in, present the evidence to yourself. And then you determined that, it, that, that the subject at hand was guilty and you moved on with your life. But creativity in the kingdom is so, is so uh, versatile. We can even look at Samson and Delilah. Samson, his strength was in his hair. What kind of sense does that even make? But who gets the glory out of that? I mean, Samson wasn't, you know, he was Samson, so he was into, you know. But, like, who else can give you that kind of power? Nobody but God. My husband always makes a joke that, <laughs> If I, cause I always threaten to, like, relax my hair or shave it off because I get tired of it, he was like, you would probably lose all your creativity if you. But it was through my natural hair journey that I was able to rediscover and reconnect 
with my creative process. Because what I had begun to do was because my hair was straight, and as silly as it sounds, when my hair was straight, for me, it was a cosmetic. My, all of my confidence was in my hair. Because, honey, I had this wrap. It was long. You just, you know. And when God told me to cut it off, I had to learn to think I was beautiful all over again. He had to create in me a new vision. He had to create in me a new love for myself. He had to create in me a new perception of what I even thought beautiful was because I thought beautiful looked something totally different. And in that journey was how I was able to reconnect with the artist that God put on the inside of me. It was all, an, it was an ordained move by God, but it was something silly like hair. What has God asked you to do that you haven't done and you don't know what's on the other end of that, that you haven't even been able to partake and walk in because you haven't done it? Has he asked something of you and you haven't done it? We don't always know the other side to what God says, but we have to trust that what he's asking us to do is going to give him glory in some capacity despite how it makes us feel. We can look at Joseph the dream interpreter. How many dreamers do I have in here? Creative, that ain't normal. I mean, you like see like television stuff in your sleep, like you're asleep, like so your body is resting, but like, you have a full-fledged, like, vision with sights and sounds and color and feeling and everything. Does that even, and when you think about that and break, because everybody talks about dreams, so because we talk about it, it's like, oh, yeah, everybody dreams. But, like, when you think about, like, the kind of, like, that's weird. I'm sleep, but, like, I'm not sleep. Somehow I'm still breathing. Do you, you see what I'm saying? That's creative power. The creative power of God that he created you in such a way that when you go to sleep for your body to recharge for the next day, that you don't drift off and die. Now, some people do, so I'm not saying that, like, nobody can. However, that is another example of his creative power. Joseph was able to interpret dreams. That's, a, that's creativity. I can tell you what your dream means. I can tell you what these five barrels of hay. And the, the dreams Joseph was interpreting, I'm like, these don't make sense to me. But the creative power of God gave him the ability to have to provide the interpretation. And we could just keep going and going and going. There's just so many instances. And we haven't even gotten to Jesus' miracles yet because Jesus was the baddest creative of all times, if you ask me. Not just because he was a carpenter, but because his very ministry was like steeped in creativity. It was steeped in it. Just the way he would minister. And it was like, it was never the same thing every time. You know, like I talked about the instance earlier where he spit in the mud, put the mud on the man's eyes in John 9, and the blind man was healed. I don't know about you, but I don't want no spit in mud in my eye. But if I'm blind, I'm probably desperate enough. (laughs) But he fed 5,000 people, though, with two fish. Y'all would be like, all right, we ain't got enough food. You know how you go to the drive-thru and you be like, can I get a two-piece with a biscuit and something? We ain't got no biscuits. Okay, okay. And you be ready to pull off. But Jesus is like, we ain't worried about that. Pass the biscuits out to the people. And you reach in the bag and it's like, oh, it's just biscuit after biscuit after biscuit to feed 5,000 people. The first documented miracle was him turning water into wine. So I've read that miracle a billion times, but I never did no historical background study on that to even understand the significance of that miracle. So let me show you how much God cares about you functioning in creativity. So Jesus is at this wedding, right? And this wedding... um, you know, he was invited to be there. His mama was there, and, you know, it was a bunch of people there. Weddings back in that time, everybody was all about status. You know, we the Johnsons, you know, 
we're the Melvins. You know, the, the, everything was just like the, the merging of last names. Was a big, it was a big ordeal. You know, they had the marriages arranged, everything. We, we, we know these folks are going to get married. We're going to plan the wedding. The weddings took like several days to like complete like wedding, right? And in this time, at this instance, Jesus was told that the wine was out. Now, I'm not talking about like liquor wine. We talking about this was like like high-quality wine, which is like the freshest of fresh-pressed grape juice. Because when you read the Gospels, there's a distinction when Jesus was on the cross and the soldiers was giving him something to drink on the sponge. There's a distinction in one of the Gospels that says that they tried to give him sour wine. So you have to pay attention in how they talk about wine in the, in the Bible because not all wine is the wine that you see down the, you know, the wine aisle at Meyer or Kroger. This wine that we're talking about, the wine at the wedding, was actually like a, a more of a juice. So they ran out of this wine, right? And, you know, we all know what happens next. Jesus gets some water, and he turns it into wine. But why was that so important? You know, so you out of wine. I mean, drink water. Y'all got plenty of water. What, we got to make more wine for But in those days, if they ran, it was so custom. It was the wine at that time was considered like the joy of the wedding, right? This is like you, you drink and you be merry, you eat good food. So they would start off like the first day or two with the finest wine, and then, you know, towards the end, they start giving you like Kool-Aid. They just start like deleting it. And so when they ran out of wine in this day, it's customary that, like, the wedding would just be done. And you would be disgraced in your town, like, no, don't marry into that family. They don't even have enough wine to finish the whole wedding. So the people that was married and the generations that would come after them would almost be disgraced because X amount of years ago, y'all didn't plan right, your numbers was off, and you ran out of wine. So it would have been a generational disgrace but Jesus said, don't worry about it. I'm going to turn this water into, it said approximately that Jesus turned approximately, and you know how big wine bottles are, about 800 bottles of what would have been water, he turned that into wine. Where did they do that at? So he took something that was clear and tasteless and turned it into a, I'm assuming it was deep red. It could have been grape, uh, green grapes. I don't know if green grapes was around back then with GMOs and stuff. I don't know what the original color of grapes are, but we're going to assume it's purple, Okay. And he changed the, gen, like the, the actual molecular composition of this liquid from water to wine. That's not something that you just read over and like, okay, water and wine, okay, turn this over. He turned water into wine. How many times did he turn water into wine? Not now, never, ever. That is a creative miracle. Sometimes Jesus would speak things out of his mouth and just by the creative power of his mouth, right? Because the Bible says that death and life is where? In the power of the tongue. So your tongue has the ability to be creative, right? And to speak things into existence, whether good or bad. So you got to be careful what you say, that you're not speaking something into existence that is contrary to the word of God and the will of God. Because that's when we fall into error. So be careful what comes out of your mouth. But Jesus would speak things out of his mouth and people would be healed. People would be delivered. People would be set free because he would use the creative power of his mouth in his ministry. He would use his hands in his ministry. Jesus would use whatever he could to minister, but it, it was the creative power. And that same creative power that we are called to do greater works than, right? Because he, he did some bad stuff, but we ain't touched the ministry of Jesus, not even remotely close, because we've allowed the attack 
in the assault of the enemy to come against the house of God, the church of God, the body of Christ, and basically tell people, you not created because it doesn't look like this. You can't do that because this person and that person said it. You can't do that because you don't, you're not secure enough. You're not walking in the boldness of Christ that God has called you to. He has done such a great work to not only trick us out of our authority, but to almost convince us that we don't have the identity in Christ that we have. We have Deuteronomy 8, 6, and 7 through 17 says that we have the power to create wealth. While we broke, we waiting on God to just drop a a business in our lap that we're going to take off and run with? How are you ever going to tap the creative power of the creative power of creating wealth for yourself, for your legacy, for your kids, your kids, kids, and everybody around you in the body of Christ that you can bless if you don't tap into the creative power of God? God, what kind of business should I start? Where's the money at? Where's the next trend at? What's, what's, What's getting ready to take off? So maybe you already have a business. God, I'm not, I, 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 I'm, I, I ain't seeing no fruit from it right now, like for real, for real. Like how can I take this and make extra money with this so that I can give you glory? Inviting God into your business plan. Inviting God into your creative ability. Like a lot of times, and one thing God showed me is that with your creative ability, if you don't invite God into that, you are basically saying, I know you gave me this, I don't really need you for this right now because I got the ability. God, I got this. Just let me do what I'm doing. But you exclude him from being able to come in and breathe on it so that the little bit you do goes further. Even though we, by the curse of the sin of the garden, that we now have to toil every day for the rest of our life, our toil don't have to look like the world's toil. I don't believe our work week has to look like the world's work week. I just don't believe that. There's too much kingdom work to be done for us to be tied down to a desk for 40 hours a week. Now, I'm not saying everybody's called to be entrepreneurs, but you can't ask God for creative ways to make money. Do you see what I'm saying? There's so many opportunities that we haven't even tapped into. We haven't even given God the opportunity to show off. We haven't even given God the opportunity to get the glory out of what we do because we refuse to allow the creative power to work in our life. We haven't allowed, how many Christian inventors do you know? I don't know none. Because we don't ask God for inventions. Give me an invention. We'd be like, God, I'm tired of this job. Get me off this job to get me on another job that I'm going to hate in six months. And I'm still not going to be paid what I'm worth. And I'm going to pray for it and ask you for it. And then I'm going to get there and I'm going to complain after a while. And this cycle is going to continue until I turn into the dust of the earth. Versus saying, give me a God, can you give me a creative idea that is going to generate the wealth I need so that I can step into full-time ministry? So that I can have more time to give to your, to dedicate to your kingdom. So that I can go into this fashion industry or this, the tech industry, and to be able to show your glory. True story, I have a friend of mine that, he and his wife, they own this company, and they had this truck that was going to a city carrying a bunch of merchandise, and something happened, and the, mer- and the warehouse they were carrying their merchandise to was like, we can't accept your shipment. And the guy was like, what are you talking about? I got like $300,000 or whatever of stuff on this truck 
that's going to this city, we, it'll be there in like two hours. Like, where are we going to put this merchandise? Because one thing you don't know about business, when you pay a freight company to take your stuff, they don't care about your stuff. You are renting them by the hour, renting that vehicle so that they can take your stuff there, unload it, and then go on so they can go pick up their next thing. They're not just going to sit there in a the car eating cheeseburgers while you try to figure out what you're going to do with your merchandise. So, the, you know, this guy, my friend, he got off the phone. And at this time, he's sitting around some other, some other business partners of his that are from another country, and they're Buddhists. Um, and... This guy's like, so the Buddhist guys are like, what are you, what are you, what are you gonna do? Like, we we gotta figure this out, cause you know people that don't have the the Prince of Peace in their life, they stress a little bit different than us. You know, some of us probably stress like them, but you'll get the revelation that you don't you don't, you don't have to. Um, so my friend is like, okay, let me just let me pray. I, I believe God's gonna take care of this, but let me pray and see if I can try to figure this out. So just just give me a moment, let me go pray. So he came back. And the Buddhist guys was like, so what, what's going to happen? My friend was like, I don't know. So he said, no sooner than he said that, his phone rang. And his phone rang. It was an old friend of his like, hey, what's going on? My friend was like, man, you know, nothing much. How you been? So they chop it up for a bit. And then the guy on the phone was like, I just, let me just, I just want, the reason why I called, he said, you know, we've got some things happening in our, in our business because he was an entrepreneur too. He said, um, and I just wanted to tell you, um, you know, we've got this uh, warehouse that we're not using here in the city. So if you ever need it, you know, just let me know and it's yours because all of our merchandise is gone. The truck is en route to the city, guys. It would be there less than a couple of hours. And he just got a call out of the blue from a friend. You can't tell me the creative power of God doesn't exist. So now I've got a place where my $300,000 merchandise can go because my friend just so happened to call out of the blue and offer up a warehouse for me. Who does that but God? But we don't experience that because we don't invoke and tap into the creative power of God because we think if it's not creative power is only in writing, cooking, and singing. Like, that's, that's, that's creative is, is only what's, what's on this board. It, it can't help us function or benefit any other area of our lives. And that's a lie from hell. Y'all know that's, that's, that's a deception, right? That the creative power, not only will it cause tumors to dry up, not only will it cause blood diseases to be healed, not only will the oppression and the strongholds of demonic spirits be broken off of your bloodline, but that same creative power can give you the idea that you need, the ingenuity that you need, can put you in front of the people who need to see what you are offering and the very thing that you've been trying to, to overcome with poverty and not having, making the money that you need can immediately be rectified by the creative power of God. Everything doesn't have to be approached by just going on and going and laying on of hands and praying. Holy Spirit, how can we break the oppression off? Holy Spirit, how can we, how can we come in this place and create an atmosphere, God, that's conducive for what you want to do today? God, how can we break the spirit of rebellion that has come in this house week after week after week and choked and smothered the spirit of worship and the move of God in this house? God, give us the creative strategy. What do you want us to do today, Lord? Do you want us to march around the building? Do you even want to, a word to come forth today, God? Do you want us to go into the community and preach? God? Do you want us to go into the community and walk and lay hands on the sick God? What do you want to do, God? Be be creative in this house. Creativity is not governed and restricted by by 
uh, I, you know, the, what people, the outline of service and what we have to do and we start this at 1 o'clock and we end this at 1.15, we choke it out every time we don't give the spirit of creativity permission to move. And the enemy has worked so hard over the years to make sure that you don't come to this place today and that the impartation that God has given me for this house doesn't get unlocked because it's been locked up. Because many of you, maybe because my life looks like yours, maybe because you don't really see me in that capacity, have gotten to a point where you've almost missed what God has tried to do in this house. Do you know why we're not seeing the entrepreneurship in this house like God has called us to? Because the Lydia anointing that God has given me, no one has pulled from it. So it's locked up. And many of you have gone to jobs asking God, bring me off this job. God, how can I get into business? But because I'm not a wealthy millionaire, because I don't live in a mansion somewhere, because I'm not traveling the world, because I'm not on Oprah, you dishonor what God has given in me to give to you. I'm not saying I'm better farther along or anything, but there is a uniqueness that God has given me to unlock and to stir what's in each of you. Don't let today go by without inviting the Spirit of God into your mind to unlock every chain, to remove every lie, to rip away every label, to where you miss what God is doing in this season. Because what you have, what you see before you, what is all around you in this moment will not last forever. What God is doing in your life this season outside of me is not going to last forever. And if you don't capture it, you'll go into the next season ill-equipped, not what you needed, without what you needed. Because in this season, you dismissed the hand of God and the fingers, the things that he's had his finger on in your life whether it's studying your word more, whether it's creating more of a worship lifestyle for you. You don't know what's next, what the level of warfare is going to be in the next season. Maybe the weapon of warfare for the next season is worship, but because you've taken this season and been distracted and not allowed God to really develop that in you, you go into this next warfare season and the devil is whooping you up and down the aisle and you can't figure out left or right whether I'm coming and going because I don't know because you didn't get what you were supposed to get now. And some of the stuff you're dealing with now is because you didn't get what you were supposed to get then. And some of that stuff was because you didn't get what you were supposed to get then. Don't continue missing Kairos moments in your life. God wants to use each of you in unique ways. Don't allow the enemy to continue to have a field day in your mind and in your heart by telling you you can't do it, by telling you you're not creative, by telling you you're not good enough. Those are lies from the pit of hell, and they contradict the very word of God that says we were created in his image and in his likeness, and we are created like he is. 
The world doesn't determine what creativity is. The world doesn't determine how God uses us. The world doesn't determine how we allow our gifts of the spirit to flow. The world doesn't determine that. So what if I pray louder or if my tongue sounds different or if I can sing in a different key or if I can play play this instrument or if I can dance or if I can play an instrument. If you can't do any of those things, it does not negate the fact that the spirit of creativity is on the inside of you just waiting to be unlocked and waiting to be activated. So I just pray, oh God, in this atmosphere that you would unlock, God, everything that has been locked up, oh God, that you would come against every snare of the enemy today, God, in the name of Jesus. Today I stand in my authority. Today I declare that the enemy will no longer run rampant in this house, that he will no longer run rampant in the lives of the people that are under the sound of my voice. I speak and I declare, oh God, that that a move of creativity will hit the lives of everyone in this place, God. That we will begin to experience your power, God. That we will begin to experience another dimension of your anointing, God. That your spirit will flow through us freely, God. In the name of Jesus, unclip our wings today, God. That we may fly and be free in you, God. Remove every weight that is not of you, God. And give us a burden, God. An unquenchable burden to flow in your creativity, God. That you may get all the glory, God. That you may get all the honor, God, that is due to you. In the name of Jesus, we just serve hell notice today. In the name of Jesus, we cause ripple today in the kingdom of darkness. In the name of Jesus, we destroy every generational spirit that has been sent on our bloodline to suck out and stifle creativity. In the name of Jesus, we remove every false definition and every false label. In the name of Jesus, God, you will get the glory. Hallelujah, God. We release creative worship in this house, God. In the name of Jesus, we release prophetic songs, God. We release your prophetic creative spirit, God, to overwhelm the minstrels of this house, God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we release creativity in every auxiliary, God. We release it in the ministry of the tween, God. We release it with the youth, God. We release it with the children. In the name of Jesus, we release creativity in this women's ministry, God. In the name of Jesus, creativity and security, God, with our administrators, God, in the name of Jesus, that creativity will be an earmark of this house and an earmark of our lives. In the name of Jesus, God, let your spirit flow in this place, God. Hallelujah, God. God, stir it in us, Lord. Stir it in us, oh God, where it's not even quenchable, God, unless we move and we flow in it, God. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, God. We remove every fear and hesitation today, God, in the name of Jesus. We come against every uncertainty, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Today we recognize our authority in the kingdom, God. And we will no longer allow the enemy to knock us to and fro. Hallelujah, God. We receive what you have for us, Lord. Plant the seeds deep in our soil, God. Hide it that no, that no, um, no thief can come and steal it, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Stir every dream in this place, God. I pray that your life-giving breath, God, would breathe breath on everything, God. Every dream, every ambition, in the name of Jesus. Every spiritual gift, in the name of Jesus. 
that we may prophesy with your creativity, God, that we may walk in healing with your creativity, God, that we may preach with your creativity, God, that we may intercede with your creativity, oh God, in the name of Jesus. And set a guard over our mouth, God, where we won't speak anything that is outside of your will. In the name of Jesus, where you won't have to arrest us and interrupt us like Balaam, God. But that you would, God, that you would use our mouths as creatively ways to speak life into situations, God. In the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for this Damascus experience, God. Thank you, God, for stopping by today. Thank you, God, for your encouragement today. Thank you for your rejuvenation today. In the name of Jesus, I speak to the hands of everyone in this place that they will begin to create with their hands, God. That they will begin to create with their voices, God. I speak to every mind in this place that creativity would be unleashed in the minds, God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we destroy every cage. In Jesus' name, we bust every lock today, God. In the name of Jesus, I speak freedom and liberty in this house today. Freedom in this place. Freedom in this place. In the name of Jesus, the the place where bondage cannot dwell, a place where captivity cannot dwell, God, in the name of Jesus, unlock it today, God. Unlock all of it today, God. Leave nothing unlocked, God. Deposit what your people need in this season. In the name of Jesus, oh God, let your spirit flow. We worship creativity. We worship the spirit of creativity, God. We worship you. Not because of what you can create, God, but just because of who you are, God. There is none like you in all the earth. There is none that can even compare to how good and how faithful you are, God. We worship you. Hallelujah. We worship you, God, for the creative power that breaks bondages, God. Hallelujah. We thank you, God, for the creative power that sets us free in our minds, the creative power that redeems, the creative power that restores. God, we thank you. We thank you for being so creative to come to the earth in the form of a man, God. We thank you, God, for being creative and even figuring out how Jesus was going to be the sacrifice to bring us back in right standing with you, God. How creative you are, God. Hallelujah, God. And we just worship you. We worship you. We release your spirit in this place today, God. Have your way. Have your way, God. And I just pray that everyone that came in this place with an open mind and an open heart, God, has received the impartation, God. I pray that you would pour in, God. I pray that you would fill up every hole and every crack, God. We are the clay and you are the potter, God. Create a fresh seal on every crack, God. Create a fresh plug, God, to close up any openings, God, in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for experiencing your presence, Lord. Have your way in this house. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen.